I'm Leah, and it's Old Fashioned Friday. We're talking about Wisconsin's signature cocktail, all the best watering holes, and small-town, big-hearted living. Pull up a chair, and let's get started. So one of the best parts of my childhood was coming up north on vacation every summer. My aunt and uncle and cousins would rent a cabin at a little resort called Sunset Shores. And my grandma and aunt and my mom and my brother and sister and I would stay in another cabin and be there for a week or two every summer. Now our vacations were just a magical time And I think some of the best memories I have from my childhood happened along the shores of Medicine Lake. Now fast forward to a time well into my middle age. We've moved up here, made this small town our home. And what we found as we've gotten to know people here is that most people who've made the move to the Northwoods permanently did so because of the memories they made as a child on vacation with their families, and they wanted to recreate that for their children and grandchildren, and so they have moved here. The story happens over and over and over again. Lots of people in Northwoods have the same story. They want to be reminded of home. And that's how brandy became the liquor of choice in Wisconsin. As a young state, many of Wisconsin's residents had come over from Germany, and brandy reminded them of home. We're going to be digging into their story today as we talk about the 1893 World's Fair and the Brandy Old Fashioned Suite. This is Old Fashioned Friday, Episode 4. So as I mentioned, Wisconsin has a large population of people with a German heritage, more so back in the late 1800s. Now brandy comes from the word brandivine, Forgive me if I botched the pronunciation. It's been a long time since I took German in high school. Now, Brandewein in German means burnt wine. And and simplified, that's really what brandy is. It's burnt wine. So the drink brandy reminded these German immigrants of home. Corbel brandy was introduced at the 1893 World's Fair. A quarter of the U.S. population was in attendance over the six months that the World's Fair was open. Now, this was in Chicago, so it's right next door to Wisconsin. So you can imagine many people from Wisconsin were present at the World's Fair. And in that time, they were introduced to and fell in love with Corbel Brandy. And they began incorporating it in their drinks. We know in Wisconsin, if you go to any supper club in the state and you order an old-fashioned, you're going to get a Brandy old-fashioned suite if you don't specify anything else. That is the unofficial cocktail of the state of Wisconsin. Now the way in Wisconsin to make a proper brandy old-fashioned is to drop a sugar cube into an old-fashioned glass, soak the sugar cube with a few shakes of Angostura bitters, and then add an orange slice and bright red maraschino cherries to the glass, and you muddle it all together until the sugar dissolves. Then you fill the glass with ice, add in your brandy, an ounce and a half to two ounces, and then fill to the top with Sprite or 7-Up for a sweet, and then a squirt or a sour soda for a sour or seltzer water 
half seltzer water, half sweet, if you want to call that a press. Now, typically in Wisconsin, most people go for the sweet. Then it's garnished with a cherry, an orange, fruity things. Some people garnish it with, sometimes with the sour, people garnish it with mushrooms or olives, but I have yet to try that and yet to completely understand why people do that. But it is an option if people say, what do you what do you want for garnish? That's what they're referring to. And just say fruit. Give me the fruit, please. So the Corbell brothers introduced their brandy to the world at the World's Fair in Chicago in 1893. Now, as I mentioned before, many Wisconsinites were present and they actually became some of Corbell's best customers. It said that Wisconsin buys more brandy than the rest of the world combined. Somebody do some digging and let me know if that's true or not. I bet it is. So this European liquor brought a reminder of home to the German immigrants that may have been very homesick at the time. So here are some things I found interesting about the World's Fair in Chicago. Chicago had competed for the right to host the fair and won over several other cities, including New York, Washington, D.C., and St. Louis. Now, the World's Fair in 1893 was to commemorate the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus' arrival in the New World from 1492. So that's why it was called the World's Columbian Exposition. And there were actually three life-size replicas made of the ships that Columbus sailed over in that were on display at this World's Fair. Now, you can imagine the influence that this World's Fair had, you think, of, but a huge percentage of the population of the United States attended the World's Fair. And think of the, think of the influence that, that this exposition had on our, the social aspects, culture, architecture, industry, technology, um, all these new concepts had been rolled out at this time, and so many people were the first to see it. And the World's Fair was just a huge influence on our country. More than 27 million people attended the exposition during its six months. And 46 different nations participated in the fair. So the fair included life-size reproductions of the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. The ships were a joint project between the between Spain and the United States. They were actually constructed in Spain and then sailed over to America for the exhibit. So other firsts that happened at this World's Fair, the Pledge of Allegiance was first performed there. And that's when Chicago started being known as the Windy City. Some people think it might be because of the weather and some people think it might be because of all the hype and the promotion that went on during that time to promote the event. Cream of wheat was introduced at the World's Fair. The brownie was invented by a lady named Bertha Palmer for the World's Fair. And Milton Hershey exhibited his chocolate manufacturing equipment. Juicy fruit gum was introduced. Quaker oats, shredded wheat, Pabst Blue Ribbon, peanut butter. Aunt Jemima pancake mix was popularized by Nancy Green, Aunt Jemima herself during her cooking and storytelling performances. Vienna sausage was introduced. A device that allowed books to be printed in Braille was introduced, and Helen Keller was actually present at that World's Fair. Something called a clasp locker, which was a forerunner to the zipper, was demonstrated at the time. The first Ferris wheel was introduced. There was the first commercial movie theater, and also a display of the first fully electrical kitchen, including a dishwasher. 
There were phosphorescent lamps introduced, which were the beginning of fluorescent lamps. And the first practical electric automobile was there, invented by William Morrison. The innovation was just unprecedented. Can you imagine if today an event like that of that magnitude took place? Would you go? Now, as exciting as this six-month run was and the millions of people that attended, it ended kind of on a sad note. It ended with the city of Chicago in shock as the mayor at the time was assassinated two days before the fair's closing. And the closing ceremonies that were scheduled were actually canceled due to his memorial service. So to be part of the excitement of the World's Fair, many German immigrants from Wisconsin crossed the border down to Chicago to be a part of such a huge cultural event. There they were introduced to many new technologies, many new products, but the one that really caught their eye was Corbel brandy. This sweet golden nectar reminded them of home. And when the rest of the country was making their old-fashioned cocktails with bourbon or rye, the residents of Wisconsin incorporated brandy. A little taste of home. So besides bringing beloved Corbell brandy back to Wisconsin and giving us a reminder of home, family, and good memories, the Chicago World's Fair was a huge influence on the cultural and technological advancements in our country, an example of what we can do as a country when we are all united behind a single goal. What would happen if we were united that way again? Want a little more Old Fashioned Friday in your life? Head over to oldfashionedfriday.com and sign up to receive more recipes and more stories in my twice-a-month-ish newsletter. That's oldfashionedfriday.com. Do you remember the first time you tried an old-fashioned? For me, for me, it was at a place called the Columbus Club in Appleton, Wisconsin. And it's interesting to me now that I say it, that my first old-fashioned was at the that my first taste of an old-fashioned, excuse me, I would have just been a child. I wouldn't have had the whole thing. My first taste of an old-fashioned was at the Columbus Club, and it was at the Columbian World Fair in Chicago celebrating the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's landing in America. It was there that brandy was introduced to the country and therefore to Wisconsinites that were there. And the brandy old-fashioned was introduced to me at the Columbus Club. I am just putting that together right now. Fascinating. Huh. So, the first time I tasted an old-fashioned was at, like I said, the Columbus Club. And my grandmother would invite my aunts and uncles and cousins and my mom and brother and sister. And we'd all gather. She'd invite us for dinner, out for fish, for a fish fry, of course. We'd sit along this long, you know, it was just like a big banquet hall. So there were long folding tables, lots of, you know, those metal folding chairs, and we'd get fish fry. I don't know how often we did it, but it is a good memory of mine. And you had to like go up to a window to order your drinks. And of course, we always got a kitty cocktail, which is, you know, soda, grenadine, lots of maraschino cherries and um we'd all get a kitty cocktail of course but then 
I would remember, you know, whoever I was sitting next to, Grandma, can I have a taste of your old fashioned? And it was always a brandy old fashioned, always a brandy old fashioned sweet, always wanting to keep the maraschino cherries for myself. Oh, what a great memory. When was the first time you tried an old fashioned? You know, the world goes really haywire some days. And sometimes I just like to get lost in those good memories of my childhood, whether it would be you know, out for dinner with family and mooching off of someone's drink, getting a taste. I've been thinking a lot lately of those up north summer memories, walking barefoot in the woods on the on the soft moss, building a fort under the trees, running off the dock and jumping off the end into the lake, or laying on the pier at night and watching the meteor shower. Man, this world can be a beautiful place sometimes. Just soak it in when you can and have a brandy old-fashioned sweet for me. Thanks for following along with this episode of Old Fashioned Friday. I'm Leah, and it would mean so much to me if you joined me next time. Until then, I want to toast to three simple things. Stories shared around the table, well-crafted cocktails, and friendships as strong as our whiskey.